Welcome to Talking Tourism, the podcast series created specifically for tourism operators. Talking Tourism, the expert series, is the ultimate resource for business owners who want to lift their skills to the next level. If you want to learn how to be a better tourism operator, listen on. Hello and welcome to Talking Tourism. I'm your host, Luke Martin. My day job is the CEO of the Tourism Industry Council of Tasmania. Talking Tourism is an initiative of Tourism Industry Council of Tasmania, the peak industry body for tourism in the beautiful state of Tasmania. If you're a first-time listener to Talking Tourism, welcome. If you're a regular listener, you'll know every fortnight through the COVID-19 crisis, we've been releasing a series of episodes featuring conversations with highly relevant uh, tourism leaders, tourism gurus and operators Uh, talking through some of the latest developments and hot-button issues for Tasmanian tourism and hospitality operators as we work through the different stages of these really difficult times for everyone in our sectors. These episodes are being supported by the Tasmanian government as part of the communications strategy around making sure tourism operators and stakeholders are engaged about the different stages and we do welcome their support uh, for this initiative and also to Caleb Miller at Mac40 Media for his production. Every fortnight, we're also checking in with some of the the differing stages as we're working through, and we've talked a lot about uh, the business support. We've talked a lot about the roadmap towards uh, reopening some of our our borders and and easing some of the restrictions. And today, we're going to talk about uh, some of the the safety and some of the standards and expectations now on operators to work through getting ready to open up and re-welcoming guests uh, into their business. And on that front, I'm joined by Robin Pierce, who's the acting CEO of WorkSafe Tasmania. Uh, g'day, Robin. Hi, Luke. How are you? Look, thanks for making the time. I suspect uh, your schedule in the last couple of weeks has probably uh, been as busy and as full on as anyone in Tasmania, such as the focus on your particular role in this unfolding um, uh, process we're going through. Yes, it's certainly been a, a busy few weeks, but it's been really fantastic, the level of engagement and support that we've had from industry and our other stakeholders in trying to make sure that we've got some systems in place to support business in being safe as the restrictions start to ease. Workplace safe is probably a part of, uh, of government that I think most tourism operators probably know exists and know it has an important role around, particularly around uh, managing employees' safety at work. But just explain, you guys work under a legislation rather than policy and just, you know, what fundamentally is your role? So WorkSafe Tasmania administers uh, most of the Tasmanian-based workplace laws. So that can range from everything from work health and safety, which we're here to talk about today, through workers' compensation, long service leave, public holidays, shop trading hours. It's quite a myriad of legislation um, that we support. Uh, certainly the, the ones that get the most focus most of the time is work health and safety and workers' compensation. So from a work health and safety perspective, I'm appointed as the independent regulator. Yeah. Um, and our role is to, to look at you know improving health and safety of Tasmanian workers and workplaces through a whole range of strategies and providing information, advice, education, and of course, we we have inspectors who inspect for um, compliance within the workplace as well. So it's an important point. We've, a lot of what we've been talking about over the last few weeks with the industry has been about policy and some of the public health decisions that have been made by government, and and obviously also the business support that's being driven out. But you're looking at this through a legislation. It's a bit of a different headspace. You're you're actually following the law and applying the regulations in accordance with the law. Yes, that's right. So so Tasmania operates under uh, the Workplace Work Health and Safety Act, which is a harmonised piece of legislation um, that covers 
most Australian states, and that will cover anybody who is going to operate within a workplace. And that doesn't have to be um, a business that's operating for profit. It can be any other sort of an undertaking as well. Uh, so even if it doesn't employ anybody, if it's an undertaking that's being conducted, then um, the work health and safety legislation will apply. Okay, so let's bring it down to COVID-19. We are talking about keeping ourselves safe as operators, our employees safe uh, who come to work, and our visitors, essentially, aren't we? Is is it all captured in one big set of regulations or do we have to look at a different lens around, I guess, our staff and our guests? No, it's all captured by the same piece of legislation. So it will cover the operator of the business as well as its workers, and that includes both paid and volunteer workers, um, as well as others we call them under the legislation. So that's your visitors and your clients when they're in your workplace. So, and practically, we've heard, we've talked a lot about the last couple of weeks, we've heard a lot about COVID safe plans. What are they? Mm-hmm. Where do I need to complete mine and where do I need to submit it or where do I need to store it or do I have to do it? What are they and how do they fit? COVID safe plans are one tool within the COVID safe workplace framework. So essentially that framework takes those public health minimum standards and will capture them into firstly public health orders and then it'll be in the work health and safety regulations. The minimum standards go to those basic things that we've been talking about right the way through the pandemic. So it's about physical distancing, it's about hygiene and cleaning, and it's about making sure people know what they need to do, that they're informed on how to keep themselves safe. The minimum standards that have come out today require any workplace that is going to open to have a COVID safe plan in place. Must have one in place. Must have one in place. So where can you find that? There are templates available for what we call a small business or a medium business doesn't matter which size, you choose which template suits your business the best, that you can access both from the coronavirus.tas.gov.au website or from the WorkSafe Tasmania website. And that will essentially take you through planning out the sorts of things that you need to think about in order to make sure your workplace is safe for you and your workers um, before you reopen. The plan is your document. You don't need to give it to anybody to approve. It's yours to help you make sure that you can put the systems in place. Because our inspectors, when they come around, yes, they'll ask to see your plan, but most importantly, they're going to look to see what have you actually done on the ground? Yeah. What have you implemented and how is that working? And they will be there then to give you advice and information on how it can be improved or if this. Things are really remiss, then, you know, there is the option for compliance action, but we will be focusing on education and information as much as possible. So, so what your important point you make there, uh, you don't have to submit it to anyone. You don't have to send it in to you um, or Workplace Safe or anyone else, but you have to have it in as part of your business policies, documents, procedures in the event what potentially get inspected. Uh, is that a, like a spot check or a... Or indeed, is it if something happened? It, it would be both. So our inspectors are out doing um, unannounced visits on workplaces now to see how they're going with making sure that their workplaces are COVID safe and they will ask to see the plan. Yeah. They'll also then ask to see, and what else have you got in place? Let me see your cleaning schedule, for example. Let me see your hygiene procedures. What are you telling your workers? What are you telling your patrons? Let me see what that looks like. And we might talk to a couple of workers or people to see whether they really do understand what they're supposed to do. Is it actually working in reality? And clearly, uh, a lot of operators be worried, am I doing enough? Have I, is my COVID safe plan comprehensive enough? Um, mm-hmm. yeah, obviously, this this 
type of plan you would have would differ greatly between a small B&B with no employees, um, but maybe welcoming guests uh, in regional Tasmania as opposed to, say, a 250-room hotel, obviously different standards. So follow the templates online in designing it and and follow the advice that's available and, and uh, I guess, demonstrating you've, you've given it some thought in designing COVID Safe Plan relevant to your business, not cut and pasting. Absolutely, absolutely. And to help businesses with that, um, we're producing industry sector guidelines for every industry that will point you to a number of things that you might be suitable controls to use in your business, depending upon the size of the business and the nature of the work that you do. Here's some ideas of things that you might like to think about doing in order to manage the risks, because that's a whole thing that work health and safety is based around. Know what your risks are and manage them. Okay. What Some ideas on, you know, some things to do around cleaning, around hygiene, just to help prompt the, the thinking, because we know that not everybody deals with these issues all of the time. So here's some tips and information to help with the planning process. I guess uh, splitting out our industry, we've got we've got a bit of time and hospitality operators are obviously starting to hopefully uh, gear up now um, if they haven't already been operating through. But for most of our listeners, the accommodation operators, they've still got a few more weeks. I guess that the message is just to... It's all available online, um, the guidelines as well as the, the templates. Bring it, bring it draw, draw it down now, start completing it, working on it over the next coming weeks so you've got that peace of mind and have met the requirement by the time you, you're hopefully greeting guests uh, from you know, fellow Tasmanians in July or whenever it's going to be. Yeah, ab- absolutely. We encourage people to, to start looking at it early. We do have an advisory service which is available for small to medium business as well um, if people want to get some assistance with developing the plans. And I know a lot of the um, industry is doing some work as well to help with providing advice out to operators. Um, I'm having a look online at the moment as we're talking to you. The small business plan template. I mean, it's certainly user friendly. It's not. We're not asking operators to write a, a war and peace um, analysis of of every risk. Is it? A, it's quite a practical document. You're asking them to complete. And and as I say, most businesses it would be a, a valuable process for them to maintain beyond COVID. Yes. Yeah. We, we'd certainly encourage that to happen. We're, we're doing a little bit of rework on the medium business template just to try to make that a little bit simpler as well. So keep an eye out. The, the plan that's there is certainly usable, but we are we are updating and modernising these documents every time we get a bit more feedback on how we can make them more user-friendly for, for people to use. Okay. Um, in terms of the standards, that's all obviously on the coronavirus.tas.gov.au website and, the, uh, and obviously that's a pretty digestible A4 document that people can click through. I won't ask you to unpack every sector, but I know one that's causing quite a bit of consternation around questions is relation to tour operators, their buses. Mm. Without unpacking that substantially, can you give me a you know, two-minute answer on what should a tour operator who's potentially gearing up for trying to access Tasmanian market or indeed have uh, products? It seems to be a bit of a challenging run around how do you apply the one 1.5-metre social isolation measure in a, yeah. obviously a small tour bus. What's, what's your advice there? So the thing to think about is is the range of things that you can put in place. So the distancing is one factor. The cleaning and sanitisation is the other factor, and they all need to work together. My advice when it comes to, to the physical distancing aspect is that you do need to have those distances there. This is about stopping the spread. The, the closer that people are to each other, the more likely there is to be spread. 
But you've also got to think about it's not just about the density, it's about the mixing of people. And we know from the advice that you can have your immediate household travelling together, and it's no different on a tour bus. If you've got an immediate a, a family group which is travelling together, they can be grouped within that tour bus without mm. necessarily needing to have 1.5 metres between each of those people. But between the groups of people that yeah. you might have on your bus, that's where you need to start thinking about making sure you've got the separation so there's as little likelihood as possible of the droplets being able to travel. Right, okay. Cutting down that face-to-face -face interaction because that's, again, where the risk is higher if you've got the face-to-face. -face. People looking at each other, your risk goes up. So it's about what's the mix of people you've got on your on your bus and then how can you actually separate them and set some caps that is going to suit the particular group you've got at the time. And it's not easy. We know that. No, and it's also, I mean, the reality is a lot of a lot of people might be thinking, oh, hang on, we're in Tasmania, we don't have community transmissions, is this overkill or whatever? But the reality is these are essentially likely to be standards indefinitely when we get yeah. interstate visitors back and these measures that we're being asked to apply now are likely to be an ongoing, on, ongoing standard, you know, at least into the into the foreseeable future, isn't it? So, it's not yeah. like brush it off. And also, I imagine some tour bus operators who are thinking about when do I scale up? Do I just wait for interstate borders to reopen? Well, you still got to perhaps start thinking about these considerations now. Exactly, because the the earlier you get used to operating in that way, the more is going to be the habit, and the easier it's going to be to be able to apply that as the risk actually increases. Yeah, because it, it will. Um, and it, it is all about um, setting up those systems and making sure that people know how to use them. And there's some really smart ideas that people are having about different approaches that they can take. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the other one, just uh, it seems to be a hot button issue that keeps getting referred to is particularly with the accommodation operators is the, the what if someone, someone presents at work or a guest arrives at check-in that's exhibiting some sign of illness or, or mm -hmm. perhaps not displaying social distancing measures themselves, what what uh, expectations, what responsibilities and what rights do I have as a as an employer slash a service provider, a host, as a, um, in being able to curb or minimise risk from that customer's behaviour or employee's behaviour? There's certainly under the, the regulations will be a requirement that if someone's been directed not to be at work as a worker, they can't be and they in fact be in contravention of the Public Health Act if they if they were. For those that turn up and are unwell, there needs to be a conversation to start off with because some of those symptoms that go with COVID-19 could be symptoms of allergies or other things that yeah. may be there. If there is a an indication from that conversation that it's a respiratory illness, then there is a, a duty on the on the employer to say, well, you should not be here. You should not be here at work. You need to go home on sick leave. Or if it's a patron, then again, it's the same thing, that you can't actually have that person in the workplace with the, the risk that it could be an illness that could spread. And that person needs to be getting in touch with the public health hotline and taking advice on, on what action needs to be taken medically in relation to their particular symptoms. Key message being that uh, your responsibility lies to yourself and your staff. So if, um, I guess, are on the side of absolute risk management and if someone's presenting, you know, do, what, do what's required to protect yourself and you've got that right to do do that as an employee or as a, as a service provider. Yes, absolutely. Okay. Clearly, there's been commentary and, you know, what would happen if a business had an outbreak or was a source of an mm -hmm. outbreak? Just explain the process. Mm -hmm. God forbid it was to happen to any of our businesses, but if, if mm. there was the risk of a, an outbreak, step through what happens there from, a, from your perspective. The first thing that happens is that the contact's made through the public health hotline to public health. 
and then public health will give the advice and the direction on what action the business needs to take. And they'll give all of the information about what they need to know from a contact tracing perspective. They'll give the advice and the direction on what cleaning needs to occur, whether or not the business needs to shut down and for how long that needs to happen. Um, and we'll then look at it from a perspective of it, it's only notifiable to Work Health WorkSafe Tasmania under certain very limited circumstances. So we may not actually get involved um, unless it's a quite a serious matter. It's yeah. most likely to be dealt with by public health. Yeah, okay. All right, so, um, yeah, right. So it's a public health management issue. In the event it happens, it would only be if there was evidence of a breach of the Act or I guess, again, you'd want to, you'd want to ensure that you've had your COVID safe plan uh, in place and you've, you've demonstrated that you've uh, managed your risk all along in that environment. So precaution, yes, better, than, right. precaution better than recovery. All right. Absolutely. Yeah, what else do we need to know? What other key points uh, do our listeners need to know? I think the other thing, the resource that the listeners should really know about is Business Tasmania. They're running a hotline where they are able to take calls, provide advice either over the phone or by email in order to, to support um, workplaces. And we have to remember that you know, the work that's being done here is all about trying to give confidence and mm. clarity to workplaces and to the community that it's okay. It's safe to come out because we're making workplaces safe. Um, the 1800 number you're referring to, so that's been the number we've been advising operators to use if they need assistance around some of the business support packages that the government launched. That is also now a hotline if you are requiring any hot button questions around this side of the recovery as well. Absolutely. And they've got, you know, heaps of information around physical distancing and what needs to happen in those contexts as well. So they can help with a lot of your questions. All right. So the key the key reference points for everyone is uh, the coronavirus.tas.gov.au to download the templates and the guidelines under the business tab. Obviously also the Workplace Safe website that you're referring to, your own. So you can Google that. And obviously in terms of hotlines, the one 800 Business Tasmania Hotline um, is a critical uh, reference point as well. Absolutely. All right, Robin, thank you. This is challenging and tough. Um, it's going to be an interesting process for operators to navigate their way through. We're innately in industry, I think, as I said, that probably hasn't had at the smaller end of the scale of, uh, a lot of experience with your part of government. But um, as yeah. you said at the start, uh, you are a, uh, you cover off a whole lot of areas that um, are relevant. So it's an expansion of, of what of what we need to do. And I guess the whole message around be prepared, do the work in the next few weeks for when you uh, prepare yourself for hopefully, you know, what's going to be the new norm, at least for the foreseeable future when we do welcome our visitors back. Absolutely. And we know that it's new and we know that it's different. And so we are here to, to, to help businesses to be able to work out how it can work the best in their context and environment. All right. Excellent. Um, also should mention the tourism talk email that Tourism Tasmania has been putting out that we've been telling all our listeners that is very much the single source of truth for uh, a lot of the the very relevant tourism and hospitality related insights from government. That's obviously going to continue to be quite heavily focused in on this space over the next few weeks as well. Um, so, if you are not registered for Tourism Talk, go to the Tourism Tasmania website, uh, tourismsmania.com.au. But that continues to be a very uh, timely, almost uh, every two days it's going out. So. We'll continue to draw attention to any new resources that you make available and other parts of government make available. That's great. We will certainly look at that. And, and if there's any additional information that you're identifying that operators would like to have, then please let us know. 
Awesome. Well, thank you, Robin. Thanks for your time and um, and good luck the next few weeks. I'm sure uh, most of our listeners are also going to probably see you pop up in different industry forums. So I appreciate the, the attention you're obviously putting into the tourism and hospitality space. It's um it's appreciated. No, it's a pleasure, Luke. It's great to be part of it and great to be able to help the industry. Thank you. Uh, that's Robin Pearce from Workplace Standards Tasmania. Thank you for listening to Talking Tourism. We are releasing three other episodes today. And obviously, go to the uh, TLCT website or wherever you get your podcasts for a series of uh, conversations like this over the last few weeks. And we'll continue to drop the new episodes every fortnight as we make our way through the COVID crisis and into our uh, inevitable recovery and uh, rebuild. So thanks for listening and enjoy the rest of your day. You've been listening to Talking Tourism, brought to you by Tourism Industry Council Tasmania. For show notes, other materials and episodes, head to tict.com.au. Be sure to come back every fortnight for a new instalment of Talking Tourism. Talking Tourism.